Breaking the Borderline Stigma. I'm Kristen Nicole. I'm a life coach for highly sensitive women and women with borderline personality disorder, helping you to create a protective emotional skin to learn to love all of you and to let your gorgeous light shine despite the darkness. And by the way, I'm also a highly sensitive person and a BPD conqueror myself. Well, hello there, my beautiful, deeply feeling friend. Welcome back. I am so excited to be here with you today, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, this podcast episode. So before I get into it, I just want to give you a little bit of update with what's going on with me. So I have finally come out on the other side of my sickness that I was dealing with for many months, and thank you so much for um, sticking with me while I dealt with that. Hopefully I'll get back to releasing an episode every other week. That is my plan. Um, since getting over the sickness, there's also been quite a lot of other life things that have happened. And I will say, as I am recording this, I am over the sickness and now my husband and both of my kiddos are sick. Knock on wood that I don't get it. I'm doing everything that I can to prevent that. Um, taking some immunity boosters and elderberry and all those good things um, and trying to keep my distance as much as I can. So I'm hoping that I don't catch it and it doesn't interfere anymore. But, um, you know, if if it does, we'll just kind of roll with it like I have been. And again, I'll try and put out um, episodes as frequently as I can and hopefully get back onto that every other week schedule or at least twice a month so that I'm releasing them for you. Um, back to the normal cadence. But that's kind of what's been going on. Luckily, I have, you know, gotten through it, um, which is great. I will say it it has given me with the sickness and all the life stuff going on, I have started to look at kind of where I'm spending my time and, and where I can continue to invest um, spending my time and, and dollars and, and things of that nature. So I would like to ask that if over the last 28, 29 episodes of the podcast, you've gotten even a little bit of value, I would love it if you would consider to support the show. You can do that by going to the show notes, scrolling all the way down. There is a support the show button and donating, you know, even two to three dollars or a dollar. Um, you can do it one time or you can do it as a monthly um, donation to support the show. Uh, whatever you could do would be greatly appreciated. And um, no, no amount is too small. And everything is very much appreciated. And I'm, I would be very grateful for. Um, and the only reason I ask is because it'll just help with being able to keep the podcast running, being able to cover the costs, which um, of like the equipment and, and the hosting services and things of that nature. So um, like I said, you just go down to the show notes, scroll down to the very bottom and click that support the show link. You can choose just to donate one time, or you can choose to set up a monthly 
donation, whatever you can do is, is very greatly appreciated. If you feel as though you've gotten a couple dollars worth of value from the podcast, you know, so whether you want to donate $1, 2 3 20 50 whatever you feel like is most within your budget, I would be very, very appreciative. So now for the content for today, what I wanted to get into I have mentioned this in a previous podcast um, last season. There was a book that I was reading on complex BPD. I'm still reading it. Uh, I tend to be a little bit of a slow reader. Um, and that is, I, I tend to, I like audiobooks more. I tend to consume those more easily. That's just how my kind of squirrel brain works. But I had purchased the physical copy of Complex BPD, and I was reading through that. And so that is written by Dr. Daniel Fox. And I came across him on YouTube, and I was watching some of his videos. And there's one that he talks about um, in terms of emotional intelligence. And so I wanted to share some of that with you today because it got me thinking, you know, are um, or rather is being deeply feeling the same thing as emotional intelligence. And so I want to get into that a little bit because I'm sure if you're listening, you are a deeply feeling individual, particularly if you have been diagnosed with BPD or if you are an HSP or an empath, whatever you consider yourself to be, I have no doubt that you are a deeply feeling individual. And so it did lead me to question. And when I first started kind of doing this work and doing my own healing work. Um, you know, I had heard of emotional intelligence and I will say, I don't really like the term emotional intelligence. It implies, I, I just feel like there's, you know, like if someone were to say to you, oh, you're not emotionally intelligent, like it's really insulting, right? Um, so I feel like, I, I, I feel like a better term would be like emotional master, or emotional mastery or something like that, right? Um, but that's just my own personal feelings on it. So first let's talk about deeply feeling. Being a deeply feeling individual is just that you feel things very, very deeply. I know I feel things very, very deeply. And when I think about before I had gotten into therapy, not even therapy, before I had gotten into DBT therapy, because I was doing therapy before that, I didn't really give a lot of weight to my emotions. I didn't think about them a lot. I knew that I had them. I knew that I felt things really deeply. And I had also learned that that was wrong, that I, that I was too sensitive and I shouldn't feel like that. Um, and that other people could handle situations so much better than me. Like, oh, they wouldn't have taken something so personally. So I shouldn't take something so personally. Right. So I was still a very deeply feeling individual, but I didn't actually think about the emotions that I was having. And when I say think about, like, I didn't properly name them. And so even though I felt things really, really super deeply, I didn't actually process what I was feeling. I just would, you know, I, I will tell you one of my core emotions. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Inside Out. It's a Disney Pixar movie. And it's about kind of core emotions, right? And whether or not these are actually the core emotions, I don't know. But there's um, joy, fear, disgust, anger, and sadness. 
So five core emotions. Um, I feel like for a core emotion, there's one other one in there. I can't, and I honestly can't even think of it right now. Not in the movie, but just in general. Anyway, I watch anger and I'm like, well, that was definitely one of my core emotions. Like that was my go-to. Oh, I knew when I was getting angry. Right. Um, and I would get triggered very, very easily and I had no outlet for it. So, and I didn't really name it either. Um, and it wasn't until I got into DBT where I even started to use the term shame and guilt and really started to think about shame and guilt. And so I, I knew I had heard of shame. I, I know the term, oh, you know, when people say you should be ashamed, which by the way, is a horrible thing to say to people is a horrible thing to have said to you. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's the whole thing on shame where shame is really a really great divider among us. It's like we, it's like this plexiglass between us and everybody else in the outside world is this shame barrier. And what I discovered was I really had that, like so much of what I felt was born out of shame. And, but prior to DBT, I never would have labeled it like that. So what I realized was, even though I was deeply feeling and I felt all of these, these things very passionately and I took things, you know, very personally, um, I, I didn't know how to properly label things. And so that's what leads me into emotional intelligence. So technically the definition of it, of emotional intelligence, IQ, or sorry, not IQ, EQ, is the ability to recognize, understand, and manage our own emotions and to recognize, understand, and influence and manage, not manage the emotions, influence the emotions of others. So I think that being deeply feeling, you, it's not that I had this innate emotional intelligence. It's that I, I think that being deeply feeling, we have this ability a stronger ability to really harness our emotional intelligence in a way that other people may not necessarily have, or they may have to work harder at. And because of the fact that, you know, we, we become very aware that we are having a feeling or an emotion, even if we can't label it, I could feel it very much in my body too. Not everything, but particularly anger, definitely shame. Um, but you know, so, so I think because of that, it, it is different from being deeply feeling versus being emotionally intelligent. Now, let me just say this. I think the vast majority of the population is not emotionally intelligent. This is not a deeply feeling thing. This is not a BPD thing. This is not isolated to only those of us who may have been diagnosed with BPD or our HSPs, um, or, uh, or deeply feeling. I do not believe that the vast majority of the population is emotionally intelligent. And so <clears throat> I, I, I read this definition um, at my day job and it says um, IQ gets you through school and EQ gets you through life. And I think that that's a really beautiful way to kind of sum it up in terms of also placing the importance on emotional intelligence and what it can do for you. Because the thing is, is, is we believe that something like IQ is inherent. Okay. You, you basically are born with a certain IQ. 
and that's the IQ that you have. I don't know if that is accurate. That is just what I've always read and heard. So I'm not, that's not something here for debate. But what they do say is that EQ, people can be born with a certain amount of EQ, a certain amount of emotional intelligence, but that is something that can absolutely be cultivated, be developed and built upon. And so the really wonderful thing, I think, is being a deeply feeling individual, we have this huge opportunity to really cultivate this ability and then be able to demonstrate it for others and connect with them on an empathetic level and a compassionate level. And it's really difficult to do, I will say, when you're not um, met with that sort of empathy and compassion. But the beautiful thing with EQ, when you develop this, is you can meet, start to meet yourself with that empathy and that compassion that you need. And particularly for someone with BPD, I know for me, it's like I was not met with that empathy and compassion. I don't think by rarely ever in my life, if ever, a lot of times we are met with invalidation. So I'm going to share with you kind of what um, Dr. Fox had listed in terms of like characteristics of an individual with a low EQ. So this person is someone who will say things like, if I only had a different job, or if I'd only been born rich and famous, if I, if only I had better friends, if only I had married somebody else, like it's very much a, I don't, I don't want to say a victim mentality, but it's a very much a, um, you know, lack of control mentality, right? Like we, we don't have the ability to control that. And I will tell you what is that I was very much this individual, especially before DBT. Um, and there's still times I get caught in this. I think there's still, even if you develop, you know, it's like, I can still catch myself in some of those patterns of thinking. Um, but now I've learned ways to more to properly kind of process through and recognize those, um, those thoughts and kind of reframe it for myself. So some characteristics of an individual with a high EQ, a high emotional intelligence is understanding that there is a time to wait and a time to watch. There's a time where you know, you need to be more aggressive. And then there's a time where you need to be more passive and there's a time to cry and there's a time to laugh. Um, and then there's a time to confront and then there's a time to withdraw. There's a time to speak up and there's also a time to be silent. So it's, it's kind of reading the room, reading the situation, learning how to know and regulate, um, our emotions. And this is something where being deeply feeling and with BPD, like that's one of the, that's one of the core things that you learn in dialectical behavioral therapy. That's broken out into four core concepts. There's mindfulness, there's emotional regulation, there's interpersonal effectiveness, and then there's, um, uh, gosh, I just had it in my head, um, distress tolerance. So those are the four things. And I, the, the program that I was in went 
to each of the, the core concepts with mindfulness in between. So for example, we would do emotional regulation and then mindfulness and then interpersonal effectiveness and then mindfulness and then distress tolerance and then mindfulness. And you would go through and practice these skills. And so the emotional regulation was really what came in very, it was very helpful because that's where I started to actually recognize and name my emotions. And let me just say too, and I know I've said this before, DBT, I I think is a set of life skills. Like it's very much, I, I won't say that it gets so into the emotional intelligence where like you can take it to another level. It just kind of, at least for me, the program that I was in, it more scratched the surface. Um, of naming and noticing emotions because for someone who's deeply feeling for someone who, who has BPD, we are often very invalidated. And so we try, at least for me, it's like in every scenario, if I needed to vent, I was always looking for that validation from someone else that I had every right or every, um, that it was okay that I felt that way that I felt. Right. And, and I think that's very common. Actually, I just had a conversation with my husband. I, I was, I, I went out and I said, I need to vent to you for a second. So right now he's, he's sleeping on the couch because he's not feeling well. Um, even though I try to tell him he can sleep in the bed and I will sleep on the couch. He is very much, uh, you know, he's very, he's very wonderful in, in that sense where it's like, no, 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 he's, I, He's also very self-sacrificing, which is a whole different thing (laughs) that is not always a good thing, but he will go and sleep on the couch. So I went out there and I'm like, are you still awake? I need to, I need to vent for a minute. And he said, yeah. And so I told him like, okay, here's what happened and here's how I'm feeling about it. And, and I, and I said to him, okay, now I need some validation from you, right? Like I actually told him, this is what I need. I need you to validate for me that it's understandable that I'm feeling like this, right? Like I just need somebody to sit there and recognize, yeah, that sucked. That was a crappy situation. It's totally understandable why you feel that way. And having that need is also normal as well um, to to want that validation. But for someone who has been diagnosed with deep BPD, I mean, one of those core things as to how BPD develops is growing up in an invalidating environment. So our entire life, we have been invalidated for our emotions. So of course, we're going to end up becoming, growing up to become someone who does not know how to properly recognize and name our emotions because we've been told our whole life that our emotions are wrong or that they're, you know, they're, they're, they don't match the situation. And so, you know, um, there was, there was another book that I was listening to a while ago and it was talking about how like, oh, people with BPD tend to be very, um, not emotionally intelligent, unemotionally intelligent. I don't even know if that's a phrase, but, um, and, and the thing is, is that it kind of irked me because it's like, well, that might, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not true. Um, and again, BPD is a spectrum. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I know how to label my emotions, like absolutely, you know, it's a spectrum, right? There's a whole, whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. So, um, so 
while that might be true, I feel like we as deeply feeling individuals have more of a capacity for a high EQ, but we've never been taught how to actually develop that EQ. So it's really a lack of um, having been shown and modeled that for us. So it's very much a skill that we can develop. And I think this is the biggest skill that is that has made a difference in my life. Um, that being said, like distress tolerance is obviously a great one and interpersonal effectiveness. But for me and mindfulness, they are all phenomenal. Um, for me, what has been the biggest where I've seen the biggest difference was that emotional regulation and learning how to name my emotions and, and recognize them better. And so when it comes to emotional regulation, one of the things, a a good way to describe this is emotional regulation is the pause between what just happened and how we respond to it. And the longer you can hold that pause, so if someone really pisses you off, the longer you can wait to respond, that's emotional regulation. It's not just waiting to respond because, you know, like, yeah, you could wait for 30 seconds and then if you blow up on them, like, that's not really emotionally regulated. But what happens in that pause is it gives you the chance to check in and be like, "Mm, okay, how do I want to respond to this? Do I want to yell? How is that going to affect the situation? How is this really making me feel? So that's where that emotional regulation piece comes in. Um, And I know I've talked on an episode about this before, but I can talk more on that as well um, in another episode. If you would like, just um, let me know. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can send me a Facebook message. You can send me an email. I would say an email is probably best (laughs) because I have been very bad about checking Instagram lately. So if you have messaged me on Instagram and I haven't gone back to you, I very much apologize for the delay. Um, it's with everything going on there, you know, I have, I have things like that have fallen by the wayside to be very frank. Um, because it's just, I've had been running on limited energy and had to prioritize, um, you know, other things or not even having the emotional state or the mental state to be able to, to go there, the energetic state to be able to go there, um, and think about it. So, um, I know this is getting a little bit long and I try to keep these, you know, under 30 minutes or so. So what I want to talk about now is 10 habits of, people with high EQ. So that way you can start to work on this and develop it a little bit if you so desire to do that. Um, And there's absolutely no judgment, no shame if you're not ready to do that, because we're all in a different spot. So, um, so the first thing is building emotional literacy. So that is labeling your feelings rather than labeling the people or the situation. So an example that um, Dr. Fox gives is I'm feeling impatient versus this is just ridiculous. Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. You know, so actually saying I am feeling impatient or I am having the feeling of impatience. I am having the feeling of anger and saying I am having the feeling of 
kind of helps to separate the emotion from you in a, in a way. So it's like, it doesn't become part of your identity, right? Because, or even, even just saying I'm feeling as opposed to I am angry. I'm really impatient right now. Because when you say it like that, that makes it part of your identity and you're not angry or you're, you, you're, you are not anger personified. You are not impatience personified, right? It helps your brain, um, to, kind of disconnect and and understand that it is not you it is a feeling you're having it is um a response that you're feeling <clears throat> so another one he says is something like um i feel afraid versus you're driving like an idiot or i feel hurt and bitter versus you're an insensitive jerk um so the thing about like i feel afraid is versus you're driving like an idiot. I mean, even to offer a bit of, you know, I am feeling really scared right now. This is making me really nervous. Would you please slow down? Um, something like that. Or, um, this is, I'm, I'm feeling really hurt and this is really hitting me in a way that maybe you don't intend but it's, it's really feeling very hurtful as opposed to like, you're the insensitive jerk, right? So that's, that's one of the things. The second thing is distinguishing, he mentions distinguishing between thoughts and feelings. Um, so thoughts being, I feel like I feel as if I feel that versus the feelings of just saying, I'm feeling angry. You know, like, and I think what he means there is, I feel like you are being a jerk, right? You know, like that sort of, I, that, that sort of thing. Um, I will see if I can find this training and put it in the show notes. I don't know if it'll be up immediately, but if you, if you search Dr. Daniel Fox EQ or emotional intelligence on YouTube, I think you'll be able to find this training. Um, but I'll try and put it in the show notes once I can find the link again. It's been a while since I, since I watched this. So, um, another habit is taking more responsibility for our feelings. So have you ever noticed how we as a society love to say, you're making me really angry or, um, you know, you're making me feel really sad. So that is putting it on the other person where it's really, I'm feeling really angry right now, or I'm feeling really sad right now, like taking responsibility and knowing like that there's, I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt who says, no one can make you feel inferior without your permission. And while that is true, I hate that quote <laughs> because, um, I, because I think there's, there's more context that we get to have around that, right? Like if, if you're someone who has experienced a lot of painful past learnings and people with BPD generally have, then saying that no, well, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent is very invalidating in and of itself. So, but the idea is instead of telling someone you're making me feel just saying, look, I, this is how I'm feeling right now. Um, and that also is a good way to help reduce any sort of confrontation, right? Because then the other person 
doesn't feel attacked. Whereas if you say, you're making me really angry, that their nervous system is going to perceive that as an attack on them. And then it's going to escalate and it's going to become an argument. As opposed to saying, you know what, I'm feeling really angry right now. And um, maybe we should take a pause and, you know, we can come back and talk about it. But I do not feel like this is something I can discuss right now. Like that sort of, right? And it doesn't, and it doesn't put the blame on them. Um, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's an interpersonal effectiveness skill. So it can help in that regard and it, it helps with confrontation. So um, another habit is of, of people with high IQ is using your feelings to help you make decisions. And, and in that case, you know, talking about like, how will I feel if I do this or how will I feel if I don't do this? Um, or even thinking about um, it leads into showing respect for other people's feelings. How will you feel if I do this? And how will you feel if I don't do this? How is this going to affect another person? Um, one thing he mentions, and I don't remember this in the, in the training so much, but he talks about feeling energized, not angry over things. And he says, you know, anger makes you ignorant. I don't know how I feel about that one so much, but I think what he's talking about is how people who are have a high IQ use anger as a way to essentially energize them, like to make a shift or make a change, like take a productive action, right? So it's not like people with a high IQ never feel anger or ever, you know, experience anger because that's just a natural thing. Um, Another thing I will say about anger, anger masks a lot of feelings. So that's a topic for a different day. And I may have mentioned that in a previous episode, but um, anger covers up a lot of other emotions because a lot of times we don't know how to express that. So, and we don't know how to properly name label it. And this again is a societal thing. This is not a deeply feeling individual or BPD person thing. Um, It's a societal thing. Uh, Another thing he talks about is validating other people's emotions. So being able to show empathy and understanding and acceptance of other people's emotions And empathy is a big thing for deeply feeling individuals. I think we, many of us tend to be very empathetic, but even still we, we may not, and I shouldn't say, but, and even still, we may not know how to properly show that empathy because again, we're, we haven't had that demonstrated to us because a lot of times in society, people, I think, get the impression where empathy is, um, Someone comes to them and says, oh my gosh, this horrible thing just happened. And then the response is, oh, I know that just happened to me too. Can you believe that? Oh my God, it was absolutely, absolutely horrible. That's not really empathy. Uh, Now, and I do that. I've done that many, many, many times. And I've had people do it to me. And and because I think societally, we think that, hey, I can connect with this person and show them that I've experienced the same thing as them. But really what it does is it takes the focus off of the individual who just came to me and told me this horrible thing that happened. It takes the focus off of them and now I've placed it on me. So that's where it's like learning how to really properly express the empathy. Even if it's just like, wow, I can really feel how hard that was for you. And saying, I've been there before and just leaving it at that 
you know, as opposed to going into the story of what it is. Um, and then asking them, how can I support you right now? And I'm giving these tips because this is something that is good to do for ourselves as well, especially recognizing that we likely don't have anybody in our lives who does that for us, who, who provides that validation and empathy in a way that we really need to, to receive it. Um, another thing he mentions is practicing a positive value from emotion. So asking yourself, how do I feel? What would help me feel better? Asking others, how do they feel? What would help them feel better? He mentions, um, not advising, commanding, controlling, criticizing, judging, or lecturing others. Instead, try to just listen with empathy and non-judgment. And that's a big one. That's a big one to really develop. Um, <clears throat> In general, I mean, because we are a society of judgment. And and granted, listening, you may be listening to this in a different part of the world, and that's not part of your culture. And my gosh, I if if that's not, I, I feel like I should move to where you are <laughs> because there's at least here in the states, we use judgment and we use shame a whole lot to try and put people, quote unquote, in check or put them in their in their place. Um, and that is not an effective manner to get people to change behavior. Um, and he does mention to avoid people who invalidate you. And this is what I was saying before, like, you know, it's not always possible to spend, um, to, to completely avoid these individuals, but at least try spending less time with them and learning how to validate your own emotions and not expecting them to do it for you because we are a society of relatively low emotional intelligence. So it's really important to learn these techniques to first be able to use on ourselves. And, and I will say too, emotional intelligence is something that even beyond his um, training this is something that I have studied too. I'm even working on a certification in emotional intelligence because I want to learn more about it. Um, but I thought he packaged this in a really nice way. So again, if you want to go check out his training, it um, Dr. Daniel Fox, emotional intelligence, that's what I would search on YouTube. And once I'm able to, if, if I'm able to, I'm not going to promise that I can put the link down here because I will be very honest. I could very well put this up um, get it uploaded and then completely forget about it. I tend to, I do tend to have the squirrel brain where it's like, oh yeah, I, I was going to do that. And then, you know, five weeks later, all of a sudden I remember it. Um, so if I don't, please, if you want to check this out and, and hear kind of his talk on this, um, go to YouTube, search Dr. Daniel Fox, emotional intelligence, and I'm sure it'll come up. He has a lot of really good ways of explaining, um, he is an expert in personality disorders. So he helps to talk about different like AD, you know, like the overlap between like ADHD and BPD and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I have found his information to be very helpful. Um, as an individual who had a BPD diagnosis myself, and again, I don't know, I, I consider myself someone who is, would be more in remission. Um, I have a different perspective on some of the things he he says, or not really a different perspective. I guess 
um, a little bit of a softer way of saying it because I think he does a really excellent job. I really do. Um, but there's, there's also, you know, it's a different, it's, it's a different perspective when you're someone who has been managing and healing from that sort of situation, as opposed to someone who's been studying it. Um, so, but you know, like I said, I, I think that it's still very, you know, he is an expert in, in that sort of thing. And, and so from a, from a mental health scientific perspective, he can really help in that regard. If you like learning about, about that kind of stuff. So that is it for me for today. I hope this has been helpful for you. Again, if you have gotten even a little bit of value from the past 20 some episodes, 30 episodes, or if you've gotten even a little bit of value from this episode, if you would consider going down to the show notes, scrolling down to the very bottom, finding that support the show link and donating whatever you can, whether it's a couple dollars one time, or it's a couple dollars monthly for a while, or it's a, you know, you want to do just $50 up front or $20, whatever it is, you know, a dollar, I don't care. Like it's all very greatly appreciated. Um, so if you have any questions, please reach out to me in one of the various ways that I have, uh, again, in the show notes where you can click on that link to contact me, whatever works for you. I just ask for your grace. If it does take me a while to get back, because, um, there are some, some platforms like Instagram where I'm not the best at responding in a very quick manner. So, um, thank you so much. And, uh, hopefully I will not be getting sick and I'll be able to record another episode very soon. And I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like one-to-one support, sign up for a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.